Christian family out there. This is Archbishop Shatrakumteto of PGI Invigorated. I greet you all. Fellow Christian, peace be with you. Today we are celebrating the most important time in our lives as Christians a time where the Son of God is crucified, a time where the Son of God paid a price for us to be saved. Unfortunately, we are celebrating this occasion under a heavy cloud of pandemic that the entire globe is living in fear. Coronavirus is real. We need to embrace all the efforts to combat this scourge. However, nothing else matters. In Romans 8, verse 31, Paul says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Today, Paul asks us to consider the fact that God is our greatest friend. The question is, if God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, because God is for us, it doesn't matter who or what is against us. No one can take away your salvation. No one can shut off the God's love for you or foil God's plan for you. If anyone were able to do any of those things, he or she would have to be greater than God himself. Even the power of hell may set themselves against you, but they will never prevail. Why? Because God is greater. In his question, Paul is assuming a positive answer. If God be for us, no one can be against us. If God be for us, nothing else matters. Is it not a wonderful news to believe that salvation lies outside ourselves? Surely it is good news. During this period, we need to find our spiritual solstice. 
Psalm 63, verse 6 says, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Spiritually speaking, we long for a winter solstice type of moment in our lives when we are going through times of trouble. We want to reach a point when we see light and darkness each day. When the darkness of discouragement gives way to the light of joy in our lives. Until that light appears, we can use the darkness as a time to meditate and reflect on the unchanging character and the nature of God. While darkness may affect how we see him, darkness does not change him. Fellow Christians, the psalmist David says, he thinks about God as he lies on his bed at night, meditating on him through the watches, the progression of the night. Ask God to walk with you through the stages of your dark night. Remember who he is and how he has done for you. On every mountain there is a path, although it may not be seen from the valley. Fellow Christian, this is a time where we need to throw away our fears. The first book of John chapter 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. When children are frightened, they need comfort more than courage, consolation more than logic, and compassion more than proof. Frightened children need to be wrapped in the caring arms of a loving adult until the fear melts away finding consolation in the presence of someone who cares. That's exactly what God does when we are afraid. He longs to wrap us in his loving arms. He wants us to know him immediately as our wonderful protective father. The closer we draw to him, the more we can trust in his perfect love. Today, let his perfect love throw away your fears. As you do, you will feel his loving arms wrapping around you with comfort, consolation, and compassion. Fear knocks on the door. Faith answered, no one was there. Fellow Christian, this is a time for celebration. The book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. If you look closely at the word celebrate, you'll see within in the root of another familiar word, celebrity. Both have origins in the Latin word for famous. Not every celebrity is famous for the best reasons, but there is a person who is, and he will be celebrated for all eternity. The book of Revelation chapter 19 describes the vision seen by the Apostle John, the marriage of supper of the Lamb, and the return of Jesus Christ to earth as King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the celebration of praise John heard for the Lamb was like, verse 6, 
the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thunders. There will be no paparazzi in heaven with their cameras, only the bride of Christ, the church, in verse 8, arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, praising the Lamb of God for making her rushes, washed clean by his shed blood. If you want to be part of this celebration, you must be ready for the rapture when gathers his bride to himself and takes her to heaven. It's a celebration you don't want to miss. Faith is the marriage of the soul to Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You find that in the book of John 1, verse 4 to 5. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In Matthew 5, verse, uh, verse 14. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under the basket but the lamp stamp. And it gives light to all who are in the house. That's Matthew 5, verse 15. In the same way, let your light shine before others that may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, verse 16. May the light of the Lord face shining on you in grace. Gathered in the book of Numbers 6, verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That you find in the first book of John, chapter 1, verse 5 to 10.
fellow Christians, looking back, looking forward. In the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 7 says, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Suppose someone told you of two unlikely events that will happen in the future, one in a few days, the other at an undetermined time in the future. In spite of the details he gave about each event, you found it hard to believe that he could predict the future with that kind of accuracy. Within a few days, you learned that the first event took place exactly as the man said. How would that change your thinking about the likelihood of the second event? It would probably change your thinking radically. Strangely enough, even though Jesus Christ predicted his own death and resurrection on the third day, both of which were fulfilled in detail, many people don't take seriously his promise to return to earth. On the same occasion on which Jesus told his disciples of impending death and resurrection, he said, The Son of Man will come in glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his work. You find that in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 27. It will be unwise to look back at Christ's death and resurrection in, in belief, but not look forward to his second coming with expectation. Fellow Christians, in all what has been said, there are expectations. In the book of John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Because the Father loves his Son so much, he always reveals to me everything that he's about to do. Jesus brought us a new and a beautiful demonstration of connection with God as a Father opens an entirely new way of looking at our relationship with him. As our Father, we expect to hear him, to laugh with him, to be held by him, and to know what he's up to. Jesus knew how loved he was, and he wants us to live in the same confidence. The invitation for intimacy with the Father Son and the Holy Spirit means that we not only talk to them, but we also expect to hear from them. We understand our place as both the children of God and the partners with Jesus on earth. Communication becomes necessary and meaningful part of our life. As we grow from glory to glory, let's anticipate his voice with longing and excitement it's possible to be as confident in the Father's love as Jesus was. He is a healer. In the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 12 to 13, if you are only willing, you could completely heal me. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, of course I am willing to heal you. And now you will be healed. Instantly the leprous sores were healed and his skin became smooth. Before you can experience Jesus as your healer, you must first believe that it's his will to heal. It's not enough to know that the one who never changed still heals. You must trust that he longs to heal you, every part of you. Jesus still heals 
And his healing touch is personal and meeting every need. Partnering with Jesus, John chapter 5, verse 19. So Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. One of the greatest mysteries is that Jesus chose to become a man who without the power of the Spirit could do nothing. But as a man with the Holy Spirit, he gave us an example to follow. All that he did, we can do too. As we partner with Jesus, the way he partnered with his Father, we are stepping into destiny. If it was important for Jesus to look for, to the Father for guidance, so must we. If he drew strength from the Spirit, we should do the same. If Jesus only did what the Father showed him to do, we must continually look for his direction. Jesus was our example. He showed us how man could live in power and purity. His blood cleansed us and made us pure. Now it's up to us to embrace our identity and live in power. Fellow Christian, there are things that will be revealed to us. Mark chapter 4, verse 25, it says, For those who listen with open hearts will receive more revelations. But those who don't listen with open hearts will lose what little they think they have. The kingdom of God is eternal. With its immeasurable time comes inexhaustible revelation. Most of us agree that regardless of how smart or anointed we are, there's always more to learn. The problem is that a kingdom as vast and glorious as God's true revelation is often uncomfortable. It doesn't always fit our limited mindset, which means we often reject what doesn't make sense. The desire to receive revelation from God isn't enough. We must be completely open to His Spirit, willing to allow Him to download concepts that contradict logic. For Him alone, that's what we need to believe. In the book of John, chapter 5, verse 44, of course you are unable to believe in me, for you live for the praises of others and not for the praise that comes from the only true God. When we seek praise of a man and live to please others, we are living for lesser glory trinket of hope that wither away. There's only one whose love becomes the stamp of approval upon our soul. When we are confident in his love for us, the opinions of others don't add or subtract to our worth. Fellow Christians, in times of crisis like this, we are reminded in the book of Mark chapter 5, verse 36. But Jesus refused to listen what they were told and said to the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is to keep on believing. 
What a powerful statement. Jairus had been given worse news imaginable. The world's final declaration had been made. His daughter had died. Nothing else could be done. Yet Jesus tells him to keep believing and not to give in fear. The conclusion, Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. What was impossible became possible. Accepting fear means closing door to possibilities of faith. Even when man's final declaration has been made and it feels like the gavel of judgment has sealed your fate, Jesus still has the last word. Jesus knows you. In the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 39, when Simon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. If you are not characterized by your past, Jesus defined you. You are all what he says you are. Unashamed, unafraid, powerful, and radiant. You are filled with his glory and created in his image. When Jesus looks at you, he sees a masterpiece. No one knows you better than he does. Others may judge or criticize, but our focus is on him alone. As we gaze upon his face, we cannot help but to return his love. Fellow Christian, we are victorious. In the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, you will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Fellow Christian, never underestimate the power you have. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. Jesus, your champion, has equipped you for battle and deemed you victorious. You do not fight the enemy alone. Nothing gives you more confidence as you stand against the enemy than the reality of Jesus in your life. Your devotion is a might weapon against the enemy. Fellow Christian, I wish you a peaceful and a blessed period of celebration and a period where the entire globe is not at ease. I hope all what we've discussed and we've shared, the scripture that actually we've shared with you will give you comfort and solace. I invite you to pray with me. As we pray, we cast all our eyes and minds with the greatest hope that whatever we pray for, we don't forget to praise his mighty name. His blood will cleanse us. Let us pray. Jesus, in your presence, I'm steadfast and immovable. Your spirit within me has declared me victorious. I'm a conqueror in you, and you are my champion. 
Allow that I stand against the enemy with confidence and trust that you've got my back. Of course the enemy is scared because I look like you. Wash my soul with pure love. Heal every wound and each contamination thought that's been poisoned by unbelief. Forgive me for doubting when you've proven your faithfulness many times. I invite the flames of holy love to incinerate every lie and fuel my faith afresh. I pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, 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 oh,